uh, because if you are spending more time out of the house or investing more time out of the house, I think that then becomes a threat to the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are, if you feel stymied and you feel that um, you're suffocating because it has to always be just the two of you, that can become problematic. So I think those are very interesting questions. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I explore what it means if your spouse does or does not like your friends, and if that means you're more likely to get divorced. A new study weighs in on this, and so do we. Stay tuned. I'm going to go ahead and self-promote here. I've co-authored my first book. It's called Life is Short, Don't Wait to Dance, and it's part biography, part self-help, part leadership book and a part sports story, and it's very inspirational. It tells the story of the UCLA gymnastics head coach, Valerie Condos-Field, who has become one of the winningest coaches in NCAA history. Yet, she never did gymnastics. In fact, she's never even played competitive sports in her life. She was a professional ballerina. As you can imagine, she has an amazing story, and she is an amazing person, and I'm really proud of the book that we have put together. It's out now wherever books are sold. And again, it is called Life is Short, Don't Wait to Dance. Oh, and if you read it, please leave a review or email to let me know what you think. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined by the lovely, the talented, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Um, And you can get more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. So today, Karen, we're going to talk about a study that came out. Um, It's a longitudinal study which looked at um, divorce and friendships. And what the researchers found was husband's disapproval of a of the their wife's friends predicted divorce among white couples. So the study looked at black couples and white couples, and it only applied to white couples. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, does... The findings of this study, and I know we're going to get into the details, so feel free to just jump around wherever you'd like. Does, mm-hmm. does the, does, do the findings of this study surprise you about the husband's approval of friends? Yes. Okay. <laughs> do you want me to elaborate? Yes. Why? Well, because my, my general instinct or gut feeling is that most of the time husbands aren't that involved um, and wouldn't really care so much about the woman's friends. Um, I mean, unless she was um, insisting, like she was a bad influence on the wife that, you know, we go out every week, we go to, you know, she's single, we go to bars. Um, and he just felt that she was really not somebody that he would like his wife to be hanging out with. But by and large, I 
my gut feeling is that men don't generally, you know, get involved in that kind of thing. They're, they're into their own thing. They're not even aware. So I am surprised. Mm. No, that makes sense. Uh, so, uh, what what are your thoughts on the white couple part? And then I'll explain if if it's different than what the researchers stipulate. And again, I, I don't know. So let me sort of go back to question one and two with, you know, I read the study. Yeah. And very often, and, and I'm going to get a little technical here, but then I'm going to explain it. Um we see a lot of studies come out and you read them and you go, oh my goodness, you know, this was the finding. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink a lot of coffee. Don't drink a lot of coffee. Don't eat a lot of eggs. Eat a lot of eggs. You know, whatever is the newest thing today. Mm-hmm. And now after reading this study, you want to make sure your husband, especially if you're white, really approves of all of your friends because otherwise you could possibly get divorced according to this study. Yeah. Well, the... Studies have um, lots of um, walking or working parts to them, and the way they're done can have lots of flaws. But many times when we look at a study and they find results, we're not denying that they found the results, but it could be what's called a correlational study, Mm -hmm. and it's not causative. So now let me explain what that means. That we find that the more that, you know, if you're white and there is a greater likelihood that if that the man doesn't like the woman's friends, the more likely you are to get divorced. That's Mm -hmm. the finding. So here's another finding that in New York City, on days where um, the pavement is melting in New York City, mm-hmm. there are more people who die. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a true statement. They have found similarly that if you're white and your husband disapproves of your friends, you're more likely to get divorced. Mm-hmm. However, if we go back to the other statement in New York City, it's you're not dying because the pavement is soft. Right. You're dying because of an, a third factor, which is that it is so hot that it is causing the pavement to soften and to create more heart attacks. Mm -hmm. So in other words, the cause is not the soft pavement. The cause is due to something else. And so I don't know from this study that it's causative. In other words, that it is the race factor or it is something to do with the husband not liking the friend or if it's another factor. I I, right. I just, when reading this study, didn't feel that there was enough in it for me to say, oh, okay, I really better make sure my husband really likes my friends. Yeah. And I think on the surface, um, you could... S- when when you see the headline, it's husband's disapproval of wife's friends predicts divorce among white couples. Mm-hmm. That is technically a true statement. But to your mm-hmm. point, um, it's a single data point that doesn't mm-hmm. um, tell the whole story. So saying that more people die when the asphalt is melting, 
Mm-hmm. That is a true statement, but that's not telling the whole story. That's correct. Um, and you could add to your your scenario and ice cream shops sell more ice cream. So, I, you know, buying ice cream doesn't kill you either. Um, it's, again, an, a fourth factor, you know, now that we've added a third one. So um, when it comes to this, one of the things that I did want to add about what the researchers believe in terms of the race factor in this. And, and I, when, when I first read it, I was like, oh, this is totally a cultural thing. This actually has nothing to do with race itself, but it's more about culture. Mm-hmm. And they they stipulate that the reason that there is this discrepancy between black couples and white couples is that um, black couples, their friend relationships seem to me be more closely tied with their family relationships Mm-hmm. Whereas white couples, their um, friend relationships are disconnected from those family ties. Um, OK, that may be true. And so now I'm going to say, yeah, so. So I think the thing <laughs> of what they, what they were trying to get at is because your family and friends are tighter, closer together, you know mm-hmm. them first off more earlier and and um, ha- already have a relationship with them and or. Um, it, it's a lot harder to get rid of your, your family, um, partic- and, and those close friendships that they have, as opposed to, you know, these are people who I hang out with from work or these mm-hmm. are people I met in college or mm. whatever the other scenario might be. Okay. Now, again, I, I don't know if that's actually why, <laughs> and they mm-hmm. don't actually know if that's why that's just one of their theories. Um, but I did think it was interesting because that was my, my reflex again was culture. And I think that's more of a cultural thing as opposed to a race thing. But, mm-hmm. um, the, one of the interesting things too, was that, uh, they did not study interracial couples because they right. took data going back into the seventies and they looked at the divorce rates 16 years later. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, they didn't study interracial couples, which today it's so common. It, this like might all be a moot conversation. Um, and then, you know, I could go off on this whole tangent about we think we know our race until you do your DNA testing. And then you find out that you're not what you think you are. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. Um, I mean, but, so the other think, factor do you think it would is matter if it's interracial. Like, do you think where do you think the interracial couples would fall? I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. And and no, I'm going to throw another piece in. What about their socioeconomic status? Right. Because if you look at the differences between white people and black people, there is less of a variation between whites and blacks when they are of the same socioeconomic status than there is when you look between whites who are lower and upper SES Mm -hmm. and between blacks, the difference is greater between lower and upper Mm-hmm. So I didn't see anywhere in the study whether they talked about socioeconomics. I'm trying to look. I feel like they may have mentioned where they tried to filter out that, but I'm not mm-hmm. but I'm not positive. But I agree with you because we also know, for example, um, a college education is a correlation to stronger marriages. Uh, yes. Um, right. And. Again, a stronger education means you typically make more money, which is another indicator. And so these are all these little bullet points that start to add up 
you know, almost like when we talk about married couples live longer, um, it's not that, you know, you sign a piece of paper with your government and then all of a sudden you've added five years to your life. It's Mm -hmm. what that relationship then provides, you know, but that's just like that quick headline bullet point that we can pull off and say like, oh, you're married. Okay. So we know that you're Mm -hmm. going to have these social supports around you because of that relationship that you have formed. Right. Identified. Um, So one of the interesting things I think was that um, a wife's disapproval of friends was not a predictor. Um, Mm -hmm. And so do you have any theories as to why uh, a men's disapproval of friends, but a a woman's disapproval of friends of her husband's friends was not a predictor? Um, You know, they offered some uh, theories. And again, since I conceptually just had trouble buying into the whole study, I can't offer anything specific. I'm willing to go along with what they suggested about that um, a man very often gives up a lot of his friends and just goes along with the um, socializing based on, on what the wife provides, that she's the main person of bringing in the social network. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm willing to concede to that being the possible reason for it. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the interesting things, and this is the next question I had for you, which was really a takeaway that the researchers had and for, for couples just in general, which was um, most of the time when we talk about marriage, we talk about the relationship between spouses Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, one of their big takeaways was, well, yes, that is an important thing to pay attention to. However, this study is demonstrating that it's also important to pay attention to your outside relationships. And one of the things that I wish this study had dug into was the strength of those outside friendships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and wondering if those were predictors, because, you know, in my, in my, uh, relationship, so Jess, my wife, um, she moved across the country when she was a kid, mm-hmm. um, which meant that her friendships shifted from East Coast to West Coast. Mm-hmm. And so not that she doesn't still know people from the East Coast that she grew up with or the people she had in her teen years on the West Coast, but her relationships are different than the ones that I have. I just this past weekend saw the same people I saw when I was in kindergarten. Uh huh. And my relationships are my friend relationships. I consider extraordinarily strong. Um, and so, you know, to, to for them to just assume or just generalize, and we we talk about how generalizations, you know, serve a tool, but it's not like a very good tool, in the, you know a lot of instances. But to generalize that men would be willing to give up their friends. Um, you know, like th- that's just not an option for me. Um, mm-hmm. Having friends for decades, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and I don't even think that it would be an option for her. Although there are probably some, um, but you know, her network I would say is like a much larger network of friends than I have. Like I have mm-hmm. like a very small, tight, closed group of friends that I've had for a really long time. Whereas hers, she has this constantly ever growing blossoming group of friends, which I can see where some would come, come and go. Um, but it's just really interesting that that was their, 
takeaway that men would be more easily willing to give them up than than the white mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, one of the things that I think would also be interesting to look at is to what degree do each of the people in the relationship have outside relationships? Mm. Um, what kind of involvement? I know that many couples, their entire socializing is with them as a couple. Mm. Um my son and daughter-in-law do much together as a couple, but each of them um, have their girl night, their guy night. Um, and I don't know that I would prescribe that any one way is right, but I think that what could be explored is the quality of those outside relationships and how much either energy or psychological investment there is and what impact it has on the, uh, you know, unit of two of the actual marriage. Yeah. That I think, um, would be very interesting, uh, because if you are spending more time out of the house or investing more time out of the house, I think that then becomes a threat to the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are, if you feel stymied and you feel that um, you're suffocating because it has to always be just the two of you, that can become problematic. So I think those are very interesting questions. Um, but um, I don't know. I just, again, I'm I'm sorry. And, I, you know, this, this is very often, as I said, you know, the headline catches you yeah. and you say, oh, my God you know, listen to this, but we don't necessarily know, um, if the study really did it's, it's due diligence in all the pieces. Um, yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I would just wanted to add that I think the conversation we're having now, and, and you were a little wary before we jumped online because you're like, you know, I don't really have a lot to add to this other than your reservations. But I think, the conversation we're having is really important because it gets into research literacy mm-hmm. for the listener. Because I think, you know, in the news these days, we talk a lot about news literacy because there's so much fake news going out. And I don't believe this study to be fake, but it's not complete. It's not mm-hmm. the definitive. Um, it's not the definitive final word on, well, <laughs> if your yeah. friend, does, if your husband doesn't like your friends, well, just start marking down the calendar days because your marriage is on the rock. And no, that's right. not that's not what it's saying. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those little boxes that you can check, because if you listen to anything that we've said before and we talk about, as mentioned earlier, a college education um, is a predictor of stronger marriages. I mean, why not just go get a college degree instead of going to the therapy office? Right. Like it's just. <laughs> Um, these are just boxes that you check based on just generaliz- generalized data. Um, but the the I think for listeners, the more that you're able to understand that, it, it becomes empowering to look at the study and go, oh, that's interesting. Um, and, and you just kind of like move on and see how they conducted it. And they can dissect it the way that you and I have been uh, for themselves to, you know, take it in as a bit of interesting piece of data, but not. But understanding that it's not the complete picture, I guess. Yes. Yes. Well put. Um, Did you have anything else you wanted to add before we uh, wrap this up? 
Uh, no, I think though that you know, as you said, it's important to be critical and not jump to conclusions or fears, uh, as most of us tend mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, just be wary of what we read. Yeah, and I also want to say, like, I don't want, I, I don't want this to come off as a criticism of. Oh, no. Um, yeah. The researchers, because I think this is good, like because now you have a starting place to do more further research and information, it, like digging into this stuff. So I think that's kind of cool. So I, I just wanted to s- s- put that out there. But, you know, because this stuff is published and it gets picked up by news sources, um, I just wanted to weigh in on it to to offer some sort of like balance to what people might be reading out there. That's all. Yes. Yes. Um, OK. All right. Well, with that, uh, that will do it for us this week. So thank you so much for your time, Karen. Thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure. Uh, Before we go, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationships and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. And you can get all this information and more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Of course, you can find this information on our website, hitchedmag.com. And I am happy to say that I am also finally a published author. Um, So by the time this comes out, my book that I have co-authored is out. It is called Life is Short, Don't Wait to Dance. I highly recommend it. It is really um, a life coaching book told through the lens of a uh, gymnastics coach uh, who is a professional ballerina, has never done sports in her life, and has gone on to be named the Pac-12 coach of the century and won a bunch of championships, and it's she's like an extraordinary person. Um, again, it's called Life is Short, Don't Make the Dance, so I hope you find that interesting. Um, okay, with that, uh, until next time, that's going to do it for us. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>